Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Health Shift, the podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body, and spirit well-being. We want to help you make a shift. And please note that these discussions are not medical advice, nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatments. So let's get started. Today, I'd like to welcome Brian Godfredson. Ryan has a PhD and is a cutting edge leadership development author, researcher, and consultant. He helps organizations vertically develop their leaders primarily through a focus on mindsets. Ryan is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today best leading author of Success Mindsets, the key to unlocking greater success in your work life and leadership. He is also a leadership professor at the College of Business and Economics at California State University of Fullerton. I had the pleasure of attending one of Ryan's seminars via Zoom, of course, months ago, and immediately felt a synergy in how I view personal and leadership development. So welcome, Ryan. Julie, thanks for having me on, and and kudos for starting up a great podcast designed to help people become the best version of themselves. Thank you so much. Yes. So tell us your story and how you got to where you are today. You know, what was your calling to bring you here? Yeah, I'm not sure if I've ever felt like I've got a calling other than I I feel like I've always wanted to become the best version of myself. And I've always had a desire to help others become the best version of themselves. And I think that's ultimately what led me to get a PhD in organizational behavior and human resources. Um, and because I felt like I could learn about how I could become a better person, a better leader, and a more positive influence in the world and gain knowledge and skills to help others do the same. And one of the things that stuck with me, and, and, and I guess in a way rubbed me the wrong way during my PhD program was when I was I did a literature review of the last 50 years of leadership research. And, and there's a lot of good stuff there, but I would, if I was to kind of categorize it, I think the majority of leadership research is primarily focused on answering one question, which is what do leaders need to do to be effective? And I think we all want to know what, whether we're leaders or not, we always want to know the things that we need to do. That's, that's easy. But, but to me, it didn't sit very well because I think of leadership as being more than just doing certain things, but it's more about being a certain type of person. And, and we can, whether, the, whether we are a, a formal leader, a parent, just a colleague, we can be somebody that other want, others want to follow. We can be a positive influence in the lives of others. And so um, really... I feel like in some ways my mission took off after I kind of realized this. And so for the last seven, eight years, my focus uh, has been really on how do we tap into the being element of leadership and how do we help others become better? And so that's, uh, that's where I'm currently playing. Who knows if I'll continue playing in this space, but surely I'm loving it now. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, um, as we were just chatting before the uh, before our meeting today, I'm originally from Boston. And so I was living in Wellesley for a number of years. That's where I raised my girls and was connected to all the college universities. And Babson College was one of the first, you know, spirituality and executive leadership. And I loved it. I attended so many of their conferences. And again, that whole idea of um, 
being rather than doing. And I think we live in a society where we're so focused on doing that we really kind of forget that piece of being most definitely. So mindfulness measures and all of that are great. And we're going to definitely get into your assessments as we talk today. But what are some of the obstacles that have gotten in your way? Honestly, I think the obstacles have always been myself, right? I could always put blame on other things that, that may have come up. But, but the reality is, is what I've done as I've been trying to focus on how do we tap into the being element of leadership and how do we improve our being, everything has led me to mindsets. So I, I, at a surface level, I'll define mindsets as the mental lenses that we wear that shape how we view the world around us. Because how we view the world shapes how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. So for example, if some people, and I would say even many people, view, view failure as something to avoid, right? They want to avoid failure because if they fail, they look bad in the eyes of others, and maybe even to themselves. So when they fail, they see themselves as a failure. But that's not the only way to see failure. Another way to see failure is to see it as maybe the best opportunity to learn and grow. So depending upon how we see failure or our mindset towards failure is gonna shape how we approach challenges. If we see failure as a bad thing, we're likely to run from challenges because challenges are ripe for failure. But if we see failure as an opportunity to learn and grow, we will approach challenges because we know we're gonna become better for having gone through those challenges. And so, what I've discovered for myself is I haven't always had the most positive mindsets. And the times where I've struggled the most is usually because I've got mindsets that are working to protect me from feeling like a failure, for example, but it's also inhibiting me from becoming the person that I know I could become. Uh, so I think at the end of the day that surely there's always going to be difficulties or things external to ourselves that influence us on our journey. But, but I, I wanna try to hold myself accountable um, and, and see that oftentimes it's less about what's around me and more about how I'm seeing those things around me. Oh my God, I can so relate. You know, um, again, I'm gonna have you go through this mindset thing and I'm gonna be giving the link out to anybody and everybody that wants it. Um, I've, I've looked at where I was and where I am now. And it's like, wow, I got to pat myself on the back for that one. And yet I also see where I want to go. And it's just been wonderful to really see the, you know, the transition. So I'm an only child. I grew up in a pretty strict household and it, everything was, what are the neighbors going to think? So again, looking good was the most important thing. God forbid you make a failure, make a mistake. And so I grew up very much in that fixed mindset. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, you better look good. You better be perfect and not make any mistakes. And now I find myself, especially now, you know, I'm not the most computer literate savvy person. I was just talking with my coach a little earlier and I go, do you ever feel like your brain is so scrambled that you can't move forward? And he said, you know, that's because you're getting a lot of data overload. In the past, I would say, I can't do that. And then I would just forget it. Well, if I want to go extinct, then I would stop learning all these technologies, yeah. but I don't want to go extinct. I'm here for a purpose. So um, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. No, it's a great example because I think um, when, 
we have a tendency to think, I, I think oftentimes, if something doesn't come naturally to me, mm. then it's not for me. Right. And that's just rarely the case. Um, and I, I think uh, if, if we can be okay with struggling a little bit, then I think we would, we would probably do a little bit better job of, of developing into more of the people that we want to become. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. That's so true. You know, I often use the yin yang saying symbol uh, frequently in my discussions with people is you can look at it as danger or you could look at it as opportunity. And, you know, there's been so many bumps along the road in my own life. In fact, I wrote a book a couple of years ago uh, about my personal journey um, as a way of actually really helping other people to see that these bumps on the road do not have to end your process but actually they're the beginning of your process so yeah yeah very committed very committed to this work so tell us a little bit more about your mindsets yeah so um as i was um kind of trying to figure out how do we tap into this being element of leadership um everything as i mentioned kind of led me to mindsets and so i'm i'm an academic i'm playing in journal articles and i'm coming across these really fascinating studies on mindsets that are like, let me, let me give you one example of these is, um, so in the, in this particular study, they had, they went to a group of hotel workers. These are the, these are the people who are cleaning rooms after, after people stay in them. And they went to them and they asked them, do you get exercise through your daily work? And they all said, no. And they said, great, you're perfect for our research. And so what they did is they split these hotel workers into two groups. One group, they kept the same. They didn't do anything with them. So that's the control group. The other group, they gave them a 15-minute training about how through their daily work, they are getting exercise. In fact, they're getting more exercise than what the Surgeon General recommends. Mm -hmm. And then what they did over the next 30 days is they tracked their body weight, their body fat percentage, and their blood pressure. And what they found is that the control group essentially didn't have any changes in their weight, had a little bit higher body fat percentage and a little bit higher um, uh, blood pressure. But those people who just learned that through their work, they get exercise, they lost on average 2.4 pounds, had significantly less body fat percentage and significantly less blood or lower blood pressure. So it. this is just like, and I came across a study like this and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, just shaping how we see our world, not only shapes how we operate within it, but how our bodies even respond to it. And so, I mean, this is one study of hundreds that are out there on mindsets. And so what I've tried to do is try to synthesize all of this research together and to put it together into one framework that helps us understand what mindsets are out there and what mindsets do we need to have? And so I've ultimate my framework that I've put together, it's not my good ideas. It's just a synthesis of this research. And it really boils down to four different sets of mindsets that range on a continuum from negative to positive. And so our mindsets and wherever we're at is going to fall somewhere along this continuum. And then I've developed an assessment that people could take to identify, okay, where along this continuum am I? across each of these four sets of mindsets, but then also they get clarity on what mindsets might be better for me to have and what mindsets should I work towards and give them some um, material and insights on how to go about moving the needle on their mindset. So that's, that's uh, maybe a high level overview there. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm going to definitely, again, you know, come back to that link in terms of, of that. So, you know, I know that there are areas that I have felt, you know, fixed, closed, prevention oriented and inward, most definitely. That was definitely much more in my earlier life. And now I feel much more growth oriented, open, promotion oriented and mm -hmm. outward. Um, I would say outward is good. Promotion is a little bit hard. I'm not one to really kind of sell myself, but I think when I'm being myself, that sort of sells my enthusiasm and my passion. So I guess that's my, that's my sales ticket anyway. Um, yeah. But I, again, I, I love how you've got these categorized for people to really look at on a continuum, not as necessarily a negative, but as a growth opportunity. Yeah, so you went over the, the, all of these different uh, mindsets. So we got fixed and growth, closed and open, prevention, promotion, and inward and outward. And so those are the four continuums. And um, maybe to give people a quick overview on these mindsets, um, if it's okay, I'm going to put you on the spot, Julie, and ask you a question. Is that all right? I'm going to go for it. Go for it. <laughs> so I'm going to give you four desires, and you tell me whether or not society says these are good or bad desires. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. All right. So the desires are a desire to look good, be right, avoid problems, and get ahead. Are so, those... so society would probably say, go for it. <laughs> right? Look yeah. good, be right, avoid problems, get ahead. Because, and here, here's the justification. Who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems, and get passed up? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody does, right? Right. Now, so, so these are our desires that I think are quite common, but we've got to ask ourselves, when we have these desires, where is our focus? Mm -hmm. It's on ourselves, mm -hmm. on us looking good, on us being right, on us avoiding problems, and on us getting ahead. And these are the desires that are fueled by the four negative mindsets, fixed, closed, prevention, and inward. And, and so it's not, uh, I mean, I, I relate to you, Julie, I think for most of my adult life, I've been there, mm -hmm. partly because I didn't know that there's better desires to have or better ways of seeing the world. So the, the better desires that are associated with the more positive mindsets, growth, open promotion, and outward are a desire to learn and grow, a desire to find truth and think optimally, a desire to reach goals, and a desire to lift others. And it's just not easy to get there, right? It's easier said than done because, for example, if we want to learn and grow, we've got to be okay with looking bad at times. Mm -hmm. If we want to find truth and think optimally, we've got to be okay with being wrong at times. If we want to reach goals, we've got to wade through problems at times. Mm -hmm. And if we want to lift others, we're going to have to put ourselves on the back burner at times. And it's just not easy to do those things. Uh, um, but, but hopefully, and again, hopefully just by putting labels to these different mindsets uh, and a little bit of a description, it helps people to awaken where am I and where might I need to make some shifts to become more of the person that I want to become or more of my ideal self. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and what I really like, uh, especially, well, I love all of your newsletters that come out, but it sounds like this is such a pertinent time right now when we look at globally, 
how we want to respond to one another. You know, and I'm continually posting about, you know, thinking of other people, being heart-centered and things like that, which again is not easy because right now we've got a real, you know, draw, draw a line in the sand kind of approach with people on very opposing sides. And it's really about bringing people together to be able to hash these things out and not feel so entrenched in their one way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think one of the things, I mean, we're seeing it, it's documented, um, empirically documented, that there's increasing polarization going on in our country and really in the world. And, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of downsides to that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a wide variety of explanations for it. But the thing that I'm seeing is, is that while there's growing increasing polarization, there's a group of people that's popping up in the middle. Yep. And, and it's a group of people that are willing to sit in complexity. In fact, they're not ones that run to one side or to the other. They want to sit in the middle and understand the perspectives of others, right? It's this group of people are people who are value being mindful. They want to be present. They want to understand. They don't want to rush to judgment. They want to get as much information as they can before making a decision. And I think that that's, I might broadly call this the mindfulness movement. And I think yeah. that's really a revolution that's mm-hmm. occurring is that there's this group of people and they're really going to be the people that are the, the healers of our world um, because they're willing to sit in the mud and the yuckiness uh, that, that is the complexity of our world. But, but there are these kind of brave but mindful souls that uh, are there and, and we really need them for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I see I see it popping up, uh, you know, even within corporations like I, I love B Corp. You know, I love the uh, the the aspect of what a B Corp is all about and have subscribed to their newsletters and hear about, you know, companies all around the world that are committed to this mission of their employee, the wellness of their employees and the wellness of the uh, sustainable mu- movement for our environment and whatnot and well-being for you know for all. So I think yeah. you're right. I think we have pockets that are starting to move up uh, throughout all of this chaos and this mess. So yeah, it's been interesting seeing the COVID pr- pandemic and I, I've kind of been keeping tabs on it through the lens of mindsets. And one of the things that is interesting is, is that people are responding differently to the pandemic, right? I think um, for everybody, this has been a crisis. And when, when, when we go through a crisis, our natural inclination is to self-protect. Like if we're a turtle, we want to pull our head into our shells, mm-hmm. right? And, and when, the, when we do this, what we're doing is we're taking on more of these negative mindsets, right? Because they're more self-protective mindsets. But really to be a light in the world, we can't, be a, we can't keep our head in our shells, We've got to keep it out, despite the fact that it feels dangerous to do so. Sure. And that's the courage of taking on the the positive mindsets. And one of the things that's been very fortunate that I think has come out of this uh, COVID pandemic is I think now more than ever, there's a focus on mental health and mental well-being. Mm -hmm. And and I think what I've seen with my college students at Cal State Fullerton, because I have them all take my mindset assessment. Mm-hmm. is that my college students, they generally have the most negative of all of the groups that take my assessment. But what I've seen is that over the COVID pandemic, the mindsets have improved. 
Wow. Uh, and that's been really shocking to me. And I, 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 I don't know all the reasons why, but I venture to guess that one of the main reasons is because our world and society as a whole, and even them, have focused more on their mental health than maybe ever before. Yeah, yeah. So, so very true. I was actually just interviewing a colleague of mine from back in Boston, uh, Jim Greenblatt, yesterday. He is a, a psychiatrist who's a pioneer in functional and integrative psychiatry. And I knew Jim back in the 80s when, you know, the rest of the psychiatric group thought he was crazy, but he was talking about, you know, fish oils and ADD and ADHD. And now we know that, you know, food is definitely our medicine. You know, one of the things that I've seen throughout this whole COVID pandemic is we do need to limit how much uh, news we're listening to because everything is breaking news constantly. And, you know, it's a constant brainwashing of fear. Um, and but what's not being covered is what we can do to take care of ourselves. So again, mindfulness, exercise, good sleep, healthy food. And it drives me crazy that some of the incentives for getting the vaccine, and I'm not talking, you know, pro con vaccine is get your vaccine and you can get a free burger and fries or <laughs> go get a dozen donuts. And I'm thinking, well, that's a great way to reduce your immunity so that you get COVID. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're in a real time of opportunity amidst the chaos, most definitely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, great. So mindsets affect us, I would say, how we operate on a personal level, a professional level, and within the world. So talk to me a little bit about the, the personal piece, the professional piece, and the world in terms of the work, we, you know, where you're going with everything. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love focusing on mindsets is because it, it's our, they're the foundational aspect of our being. And so when we change our being, when we shift our mindsets and change our being, we're changing how we interact with all aspects of our world. So as much as I, you know, I primarily focus on working with business leaders, but I think probably the work that I do with leaders, while it's valuable for them in the workplace, I imagine that, that their shifts are more valuable to them within their own home life. Um, that, that they have going on. And so what I've, I mean, I, that I focus on mindsets partly because I need as much help with my mindsets as anybody else. Sure. And I would say that same thing is while I think it's helped me be more successful professionally, I think really where what's most meaningful to me is it's helped me as a parent, as I'm a parent of a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And, and I think I'm now, uh, now having learned about mindsets, I'm able to be a better parent to my children for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, you know, it's interesting. We, when we hear about systemic, we oftentimes have a negative, uh, you know, a negative connotation of like, oh, systemic illness, systemic, you know, corruption and whatnot. But this is systemic actually in a positive way, because it really does begin within ourselves, not even outside of ourselves, but within ourselves. So, so how do you, um, how do you begin your day? Do you have a mindfulness practice that you use? I do. Um, and, and that's the thing that I've learned about mindsets and, and mindfulness as a whole is the reality is that the mindsets that we develop essentially come out of our, our natural byproduct of us trying to survive our childhood. And the mindsets <laughs> that allow us to su survive our childhood are not likely the same mindsets that will allow us to be successful as a spouse, as a parent, as a professional, as a leader. And so really what needs to happen is, is 
throughout our lives, if we want to do so, we need to rewire our mind. Mm. And there's, there's a, a, a researcher, his name is Robert Keegan, who's done research on adult development and how the ability of people, adults, to rewire their mind, to operate in more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated ways throughout their life. And what he's found is that 64% of all adults don't ever rewire their mind coming out of their childhood. Is that the mindsets that they develop coming out of childhood stay the same mindsets through the rest of their life. Only 36% end up changing their mindsets. And in fact, he identifies kind of three different tiers of adult development. What he finds is that 64% always stay at that bottom level, 35% move up to the next level, and only 1% get to this top level of, of kind of greater mindfulness. Um, and so, so what I've taken from this is that if we want to shift our mindsets and if we want to become more mindful, we have to be really intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Right? But I don't think that means that we spend eight hours a day meditating or doing yoga. What I've learned in terms of the neuroscience behind mindsets is we need to spend five or 10 minutes a day working on our mindsets. Effectively, we've got to hit the gym for our positive mindset neural connections because we can't just work out once and expect to become strong. Mm-hmm. Right? It's about repeated effort. And so um, going back to your question, is there anything that I do? So my, my morning ritual is to get up. But the first thing I do is I meditate. Um, I try, I, I maybe wish I had more time or I, I could probably make more time, but I do it for about 10 minutes in the morning is the first thing that I do. I use insight timer is the app that I use. Mm-hmm. It's free. I, I like, um, and then the next thing I do is I, uh, open up my five minute journal. I don't know if you've ever seen the five minute journal. Oh, no. Great. Um, it's been a game changer for me. And I'm like three years into using this now. So I answer three questions right after I'm done meditating. What are three things I'm grateful for? What are three things that would make today great? And then fill in some self-affirmations. So I am fill in the blank. And then um, after that, uh, I get an email from the universe. Every oh, tuck, the tuck, the tuck yeah. ones? Yes, tuck. me too. Um, yep. <laughs> so for Mike Dooley. And, and so that's the next thing I go to. And to me, um, that's the start of my day to kind of get me on, get me on the right track. And then I'm currently working on my next book. So after I'm done with that, then it's into writing mode. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. I love it. It's so funny this morning. I actually just posted on BDNF. I go, there's the geek side of me, but you know, brain derived neurotrophic factor, you know, so you're, you're talking about it. There's so many ways for us to increase that neuroplasticity and that flexibility within our mind. And it does take all of it. It takes, Again, um, part of it, I, I don't know, are you familiar with Bessel van der Kolk? He wrote The Body Keeps Score. Yes, so love that book. He, yeah, wonderful book around, again, how do we heal and actually move through childhood trauma? Because none of our parents were perfect and they did the best that they could with what they had. And okay, we got to move through it and get to the other side and stop, you know, stop the name and blame and, and then be able to be more open so that we can receive this newer way of, of being and flexibility. Oh my God, this has been amazing. <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, maybe let's just, if it's okay, if we touch on that trauma piece for a little yes. bit. 
Absolutely. Um, just because I think that that may, that may be the biggest insight that I've had over the last year is the connection between trauma and our mindsets and mm. how we see the world. So what I've learned is that when we experience trauma, and that can mean a wide variety of things, right? It, it could be something, in fact, I was looking up statistics on it earlier today that said uh, one in four women have been sexually assaulted and one in six men have been sexually assaulted in their lifetime, Like, mm-hmm. And that's only one form of trauma. And that's, a, you know, that's an active form of trauma. But then there's other children who are just neglected. Mm-hmm. Not that they're abused. They were just never emotionally supported. Right. That in itself is trauma. You know, one of the things that uh, research has found is a man losing his job may be one of the most traumatic experiences a man can go through. Mm -hmm. So so trauma can mean a wide variety of things. And the reality is that most of us have experienced some form of trauma. And what what happens is when we experience trauma, our body, I mean, our body is amazing, but our body wants to protect ourselves. Right. So when we experience trauma, our body moves in ways to shield us from further mm-hmm. damage. And and then but in the process of doing so, what is actually going on in terms of our brain and our neural connections is it's making us a little bit more hypersensitive to certain things. And it's reducing the capability of our prefrontal cortex to step in and regulate our emotions, Mm -hmm. particularly in certain situations. And what psychiatrists call this is disintegration. Mm -hmm. So so trauma causes disintegration in the mind. And and oftentimes when we have more of the negative mindsets, the fixed, closed prevention and inward mindsets, those are the byproduct of trauma to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And, and when we go, when we focus on mindsets and helping people shift mindsets to have more growth, open promotion, outward mindsets, to me, the beautiful thing about this is what we're really doing is we're focused on healing the mind. We're focused on integrating mm-hmm. the mind and rewiring the mind. And so I, I think that one of the things that I've realized just kind of learning about trauma is we need to be more trauma informed mm-hmm. on the role that trauma plays in our lives, in the lives of others. And I think if we, if we are a couple of things happens, one, we become more sympathetic or empathetic to others, right? If we see a homeless person standing on the street corner, we don't say what's wrong with them. We ask what happened to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just a, a very different approach than I think most people typically take. But then also we come to realize that, let's just say in a business setting, if a manager is consistently micromanaging his employees or her employees, we we don't kind of say what's wrong with you. We say, how can we support you? How can Mm -hmm. we help you heal? Because you're likely managing, micromanaging, because you've got your own fears and insecurities that you haven't been able to work through yet. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. can we help you to do that? So it's a, to me, it's a much more, when we take a trauma perspective, we're able to be more compassionate. Yes. Yes. That is absolutely beautiful. And also just recognizing that trauma doesn't mean that you had to be in the war because each of us come to this world, you know, as, as different beings, a sensitive being, you know, so what happened in the household that maybe wasn't completely being beaten up um, could be, you know, very traumatic for that, you know, for that child growing up. So, 
Oh my God, this has been absolutely amazing. So what three tips do you have to offer people in this confusing world? Oh man, um, I think we've covered them. Uh, maybe just summarize some of the key takeaways that we talked about. I think um, one is uh, realize that mindsets are foundational to everything that we do. Mm -hmm. uh, two, then if that's the case, let's awaken to those. Yeah. And, and so hopefully uh, my book, Success Mindsets or my mindset assessment could be helpful to anybody. And then I think three, understand the connection between trauma and mindsets. And if we can be more trauma informed, I think that we will better be able to heal ourselves and better be able to help others to heal so that we could all be more of our ideal selves. Yes. Oh my God. This was absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom. How can people connect with you? Uh, the best place to go would be my website. It's ryanoffertson.com. The next best place is probably LinkedIn. And uh, that's where I'm most active in terms of social media. And we'd love to connect with anybody there. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, and if you like this podcast today, please rate, review, and share with your friends, family, and coworkers. I am on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. And you can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at Julie Freeman Mindful Wellness, and on YouTube at Julie Freeman Functional Medicine La Jolla. Until next time.